Buenas and half a day, everybody. Welcome to the Food to Fitness podcast. We have a uh, different lineup today with two different parts in this episode. JJ unfortunately isn't able to make it, but we are. Uh, we have invited two other guests from Still Athletics. We have Austin who helps out coaching with the kids martial arts, and we have Larry who also helps out with the adults martial arts classes. And I'm still joined here by Jeff, with Jeff, Jeff Mesa and with Adrian Anulao. Um, first and foremost, what we yeah, want to start getting you. into is just discussing um, the key points of fitness and nutrition with Austin. Um, Austin has a great story to tell everybody regarding a major event that happened in his life that kind of limited his fitness and his nutrition. And so I just want to kind of start it out with there. So Austin, if you, you know, thank you for joining us. If you can go ahead and kind of let everybody know what that traumatic experience was and kind of just touch base on, on how you felt, what the, um, yeah, go ahead and touch base with the, the whole incident and then we can start diving in from there. Hey, right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, back in 2015, uh, around September time, I was actually riding my motorcycle from a jujitsu class back. It was an older like facility, but as I was riding home, I got hit by a drunk driver. The, wow. You know, like yeah. you know the NCS road. Yeah. Oh wow. You know how like there's no lights between like GRMC and Ukudu. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah I got. Night. Yeah, I got smacked head on. Head by, on. By a vehicle that had no headlights on. Oh. It was black. And it crossed over like three lanes just to oh, hit me. Wow. So yeah. like, yeah, when I got hit, I, I was going 35 miles an hour. According to the police report, he was also going 35. So added up to 70 mile impact, right? Oh. Because collision course. Safety. Oh, yeah. One direction, he was going the other. And yeah. Because it was head on. Oh, my God. And so like, if you want to come from jujitsu yeah. too, huh? Holy shit. I know. And, if, um, you know, you want to think about it like this too. So I'm on my motorcycle and right in front of me is my gas tank. Then it's his car. Then it's pavement. Uh, so I just like, I bashed my pelvis on my gas tank. Oh my God. And then hit, and I tumbled over my motorcycle, hit his car and was flying through the air. And I can still remember like what my last thought was. Really? So yeah. Oh, like Holy cow. clear as day. Um, so we hit each other. And I remember flying through the air and thinking, here we go. And I just like let my body go, closed my eyes. And the next thing I woke, like I woke up in the field for a little bit. My body was- Wait, you woke up in the field? Yeah, I woke yeah. up. Oh my God. So when I woke up, I was wrapped around a pole. Like my body was wrapped around a pole. My leg, like my left leg was next to my head. Oh my God. Like my shin was right next to my head. And I remember trying to push my leg back down because I thought it wasn't normal for that to happen. And then I passed out again. And then I woke up again. And there were a bunch of EMTs around me. And they rolled me on to like a blanket to then put me on a gurney. Yeah. And I remember when they did it, you know how like if you do a hip thrust up in the air or you get up out of bed, like your hip you know, your hips move together. Yeah. Your, your pelvis. No, mine did not do that. No. My left side, my left hip came up and you hear this crack. Wow. While my right one was still on the ground. Wow. And then I pass out again. Holy. And then the next time I wake up, 
I do not know which hospital I'm in yet. Um, and then I look down. So I, I'm in a hospital bed, right? I've got tubes. I've got more tubes than Darth Vader, <laughs> right? And like, I look down and I have this blanket on me, a gown. Somehow, uh, someone I know is also in the room. They're looking after me as a caretaker. And I feel this weird thing on my stomach. And so I you take it. off the blanket, I open up my gown, and on my stomach, wrapped in saran wrap and tape, are my intestines. What? Yeah, I, I got a good look at my intestines. So needless- Wait, hold, the, wait, hold on, bro. Wait, were you opened up? Or? Yeah, I was opened up, right? So, so you opened the blanket and you're opened up? Yes. Oh, hell no, But bro. here's the reason- I would've went right back so, to sleep. So here's the reason why, like- <laughs> I had so much internal bleeding and they had to put my pelvis back together. Like those are long surgeries to do. Like, I had internal bleeding, so they had to stop all that. They had to stop all the bleeding. They had to check all my organs just to make sure. They're all still there. That they're, well, that, not that they're there, but that like they stopped bleeding and things like that. And the thing that's in front of all of that are your intestines. Oh, wow. Like right in front of your so pelvis. So they had to take it out in order to see everything. They had to take it out in order to see everything. And I so immediately... I start swinging. I was freaking out Holy. and like no one realized I was doing this. Not even the person that was in the room that was watching over me. Um, so I start swinging, right? And I'm freaking out. I'm pulling out tubes out of my body. I'm like pulling out needles. Um, I can't even remember if I had a breathing tube, but I remember clenching onto something that was in front of me and just yanking. And all of a sudden these nurses came in and I'm swinging at them. Oh. Like I'm freaking out because yeah, yeah. I have no idea where I'm at. And drugs, because, you know, yeah. morphine. Um, so I'm swinging at them, and then I, next thing I know, some I don't know if it was a nurse or doctor or whatever, but they come up with a syringe, put it in one of, like, the plugs yeah. in my yeah. body, and then uh, then I'm out. Yeah. And then I wake up again, um, and I think I woke up in Hawaii. What? Yeah. So I had to get AirVac'd out of here. Wow. Because of all the things that had happened to me. They didn't have all the specialists here on oh island or even like, uh, like any, nope, no, not Philippines. Uh, cause what I do, I had to go to Hawaii. So I go to Hawaii, wake up there. Um, I was in the ICU for about, I think they said like two or three weeks. So I was in a coma. Right? Oh yeah. I was in a coma. The whole time. Oh yeah. In Hawaii. For some time between leaving Guam and going to Hawaii, like I was he out in, not, in a coma. Oh, yeah, and like numerous times throughout that, like I had flatlined. So I was You've just been dead a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. nice. I think like I think I'm at four or five right now. I, wow, I don't really keep track of those kind of things, but yeah, I think I'm at like four or five. Wow, I remember the feeling of being dead. Like I could still clearly remember like what it felt like. I don't know if it was just chemicals in my brain creating like reactions yeah, right. or whatever, but I remember I was in like, I w it's hard to explain. Surrounding me was just bright white light. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I could hear the voices of everyone that had passed before me. I even felt my old dog that died. Right. And I just remember feeling warm 
and just at peace is like the best way I could describe it. It's like euphoric? Almost. Really? I, I felt like nothing was wrong. I knew everything that yeah. happened. Yeah. It was just but, a state of a feeling yeah. that you couldn't. Like, I, I felt like I could, everything was just let go. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If you ever like tense your body up and just squeeze as hard as you can, you hold that for like, I don't know, a minute. Two weeks. The two weeks, yeah. <laughs> and then like, and you just let, you let everything go. And I felt like I was floating and wasn't happy or sad. wasn't excited. I was just at peace. Just there. Like just a nice homeostasis point. And then I wake up and there's my mom at the foot of my bed who's like arguing with me just immediately off the bat. Of course. Because... Why were you riding that motorcycle? I told you to not ride Were you wearing a helmet? Yo, yeah, I did. I was wearing a helmet. I wore everything and yeah. she blamed me. I was, I was so mad. I was... Um, I told you not to wear that... I ride that motorcycle. That yeah. Death machine. And you know, like... And I love my mom. And mom, I'm sorry if you listen to this. But like, she argued with me and she's Filipina, so... Of course she's right. Yeah. <laughs> to this day. To, to this, this day. day, right? Yeah. But I remember like her and I got into a heated argument. I had a breathing tube in. So like my lung had collapsed. And I I think they told me they had that breathing tube in since like I first got admitted to an ER. Like the first ER I was at. I was at three different hospitals. In Hawaii or just no, 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 like Guam and Guam then... I was in two different hospitals. Yeah. Because I got transferred to specialists. All within the span of maybe 24 hours yeah right and within like 48 to 72 hours i was on a medevac plane to uh hawaii yeah and again like i'm still critical condition you know i died uh and then then there so like as i'm arguing with her my breathing is just going down and i didn't even realize like my my breathing was getting labored yeah, but I remember because I really thought I was winning that argument, so I was like doubling down, uh, and I didn't, and I passed out. Yeah, you passed. Then I woke up. <laughs> and then I woke up again. And then I woke up again, and I wake up to like my stomach being bloated because of surgeries, right? Are, is everything All, back in by now? Yeah, everything's okay. back in, right? Like, there's no more saran wrap. My intestines are back in, and there's staples. There's staples Ooh. in my stomach. There's staples in my wrist, and my leg hadn't been addressed yet, right? So actually at one point, um, I do remember this one. I woke up and I was in another bed at another hospital. It was the second one on Guam. And my right foot, you see how like the bottom of my foot is pointing forward? Nah, this sucker was pointing to the left. Nice. It was like dislocated. It was riding up my shin, Yeah. right? And so a doctor comes in and he goes like, okay, we're gonna go fix this. So he grabs this oh. thing. And pulls it back like a lawnmower and just shoves it in. And I just hear the, like, crackling, the crunches, all that noise. He goes like, all right, you're good. And then he looked like, no, you're not. He looked at my toes, and three of my toes were just pointing to the right. While, like, you know, two of my toes are pointing straight. You want to go there? Well, we want to go this way. Yeah, so then he grabs my toes and the same thing, just, like, yanks it back and shoves it in. He goes like, all right, all better. And then he leaves. And I've always thought that was the most calm doctor. $50,000. Thank you very much. (laughs) I know. Did they like amp you off on your pain meds? Yeah. Um, I had, no, he just did it. No, no, no. Like even with all the pain meds I was on, I was still in a great amount of pain. Like I'm swinging just because one, I'm freaked out and two, I'm in a lot of pain. 
things like that. And then I make it, you know, to Hawaii. So back there again. Yeah, I'm stapled up. And they tell me, like, what day it is. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I got hit on, like, 29th September. How is yeah. it November already? Right. Um, anyway, so they do that. And I think I'm, I can only stay awake for maybe, like, 10-minute increments because I have a tower of morphine that's on a constant drip. I have other pain meds, constant drip. So I can only, like, be awake 10, 20 minutes. At a time. Right, yeah. And then eventually it's to a point where during this time I had uh, pretty much busted up both my ACLs. The LCL on my right leg need to get replaced, so I have a cadaver LCL in there. And the MCL on my left leg uh, was shredded, but they said it's recoverable. So, yeah, I have that. Muscle was ripped out of my right bicep. A damaged, a bunch of discs. It's my L... I forget which one. I'm not even trying. Uh, but in my lower lumbar, right? <laughs> one of them. But in my uh, like in the top of my spine, like my my cervical cervical one, I uh, damaged like discs five through seven, right? So the ones that like bring nerves down your arms, yeah. like destroyed those. Um, my pelvis is just in pain at that point. At the end of it all, like even after they replaced the ligament in my knee, I walked. Well, I walked. Uh, Hobbled. I don't, hobbled. I crawled my way out. I have four, three, eight screws in one plate. So a plate is what's currently holding my pelvis together. Really? But here's what's crazy. Right like, now. So there's right a plate now. holding your pelvis. And, yeah. and what are you squatting right now? Uh, well, so like my last PR was uh, 425. Damn. He couldn't wait for you to ask him that. Jesus. <laughs> he just wanted you to ask him that. Yeah, you saw my eyes. I mean, that. Oh, can you, right? <laughs> well, can you imagine like... So all that pain, I mean, first of all, once you go through pain like that, it's like nothing else is, everything else is, is that, is that for me, it's like if I had went through something like that, everything else is tolerable. Right yeah. now, bro, if I stub my toe on something, I'm getting pissed, right? Yeah. But when you go through something like that, is that like, now when you go through your workouts, is it more of like, man, I've been through so much pain that this shit is nothing or like, I, you know, no matter what, like, I don't know what, how does, how has the accident changed your mindset? of fitness wise, right? Cause you got all the way up to the accident. I mean, you were working out, you yeah. just left jujitsu, boom, in a hospital. Don't know where you're at a couple months later. And now what, that was back in 2015, seven, yeah. years, seven years down the line, you're squatting more than a lot of people can do right now. You know, so how, how has been that transition, that journey of moving from like, what, what, when you finally came to, yeah. And you were sitting there or laying there in the hospital and you, you know, after outside of thinking about all the other important stuff, when you start, whenever that mindset of fitness came into play or nutrition came into play, did you have a different look on it? Did you, you know, was it not nah, fuck this once I'm done, once I'm out of this bed, I'm going full blast and I'm sprinting or is it, man, I'm down and out and you know, you beat yourself up and you went into depression or was it a mix? It, it was a mix. Uh, so when I woke up, I had so much swelling around my spine. Uh, I was actually paralyzed. Yeah. So I really couldn't feel much from the waist down. Couldn't wiggle my toes. Yeah. Couldn't move my legs or anything like that. Um, and then I just remember the day that I was able to wiggle my toe. This sounds like some Kill Bill shit. But <laughs> the day I was able to wiggle my toe, I was determined, like, I'm going to walk again. Yeah. Because, I like, I was... Toes, I'm yep. going to do this. Yeah. yeah. 
Because like, I was told by... You know there. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I was told by doctors that like, it would take me about maybe, maybe a year, year and a half to walk. Wow. Two years to run. Yeah. And things like that. And I, I, it didn't sit well with me. Yeah. One, it made me depressed. You got to remember, like, I, my body atrophied in a bed because I was there just laying there for, like, yeah. two months. Yeah. Right? Two, three months. Yeah. So when I went into this accident, I was a stocky 175, 180 pounds. Uh, when I left, I was 135 pounds, Holy skin and bone. Crap. Like the eye, like my eyes sunk back into my skull. Yeah, you could see my cheekbones. Yeah. You could see my ribs. You could you could see the bones in my legs. Yeah, right. Yeah, like the only things that were swole was like my surgical sites, and that was it. Yeah, right. And you know, when I was able to finally leave, I have chronic pain to yeah. this day. I bet. Right. But when I got back, you know, I would wake up. You know that little pain scale. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Every morning, just waking up. Wake up. Yeah. That's just your body. Yep. Thing. That's it there. Um, and it just, it didn't sit well with me. Like, I, I did not want to live my life like that. You know, there were even a few times I had, like, bottles and bottles of pills next to my night, like, on my nightstand. Yeah. And there was, like, a couple of times I was like, I can't live this way. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I want it to end. Yeah. And, but, I mean... Works. Like, look, I, I didn't not take it because I had this epiphany of, nah, I'm, I'm going to make it. It'd be great. Yeah. I just didn't take it because uh, I, like, I was a little pussy. Yeah. In all honesty, like, I, I was scared of that. Yeah. Um, and then I did physical therapy, I want to say, for about three years, okay. five days a week, about two hours a session. Yeah. Right? Like, my work would force me to go. Like, I had no other option. I had to go. And I remember my first physical therapy session was, do you know those like little stackable platforms you yeah. see? Yeah. My first ever physical therapy session was to step on it 10 yeah. times. Yeah. And I got off of it and I looked at the physical therapist. I'm like, this is not enough. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, this is what you're doing. I was like, well, I want to get on the elliptical. And like, no. Because they, they force you to, to go slow. Right. Oh, man. You talk about... What like crawl, walk, run? Yeah, boy, was it ever three yeah. years? Literally, just just step onto this stool. Yeah, it was for me like because knowing all the things I'd done before, I don't want to say it was degrading, but it was debilitating. One hundred percent is degrading, bro. I mean, you went from being able to do all this. One, I mean, you're able to do all of that. And now you're being told, yeah, here's your challenge. Just step up here. Yeah. Is. So the challenge is now becomes more of a mental thing because you know your abilities before is not a problem. Now it's mentally trying to get back to that. Yeah. Reduce you back down. Well, and here's the thing, like, you know, my pain would shoot up to like eight or nine, but I would never say it, yeah. nor would I show it. Yeah. I would try everything in my power not to show that I was in pain because, yeah. again, I didn't want to live and look that way. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know how they have that same concept where... You, you keep thinking on it or you keep wishing upon it, then it will come true type of, or I, I believe in that. So like, I, I can understand where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I'm in pain. I'm not going to show it because this is just my life. This is hard work. And I think like some, some people or some generations, they tend to forget that, or especially nowadays, it kind of seems like we're in a lot of entitlement. Like a lot of people forget what just plain hard work is, bro. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not, and, and I think what the problem is, is a lot of people will relate that to Oh, that's toxic masculinity. Don't talk about how much you're in pain you are. It's like, no, it's not. It's not toxic masculinity. It's just, it's just like a self aura type of thing where, like, if I let this pain affect me and I let that sink into my life, we're like, yeah, I'm in pain, so I need to go and lay down. 
or yeah, I'm definitely in pain, so I cannot go to work today. That becomes the normal and it allows my mind to control my body that way. Yeah. And that's not what, you, know, you start to accept that as this is Yeah, this is like, oh, this do. is what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I'm not going to push through any, any further, right? Is that, you know, I, I'm sure that that's been, you know, talked about a lot. But yeah, I think I'd be, I'd be the same as you, bro, where it'd be, you know, definitely finding yourself through depression and, you know, happy states here and there. But overall, I'd be the same where it's just like, you know, F this, I got to. I got to do something about it because it's yeah. either you stay stagnant and you, your life just doesn't get better or you just decide, yeah, it's... Or you do something about it. Yeah, I'm at the bottom shit. There's only one way to go up from here. I got to go up. Yeah. So I just got to got to push on through, right? Yeah. What, what was like, so what was some of like the advice that they would give you as far as nutrition and fitness, right? So I'm, definitely you were in the hospitals on Guam, medevaced over to Hawaii. Was there anything specific that the doctors that told you, the surgeons, or was it more centered around, okay, you need to go to physical therapy and just talk to them? Or were you on like, hey, like, like you know, I, I have clients that they went and had uh, gastric bypass surgeries, right? So there's like a certain diet that they would have to do to build them up for that surgery. And then there's an, also a, a post-cycle diet that they have to follow after, after the surgery. So with you, was there something like, okay, you know, boom, accident. Now, hey, your weight's down at 130, you lost 50 pounds. Of, of muscle, like, did they give you like a, a program or a plan that said, all right, you need to start incorporating this or it's just like, oh, you can eat whatever you want or, you know, especially with the surgeries with your intestine and stuff, like, your, your did that have any chemical imbalance? You're literally imbalance? Frankenstein for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's no way so, that doesn't affect you. Yes. Yeah. Was there, based off of that, was there any advice that was given as far as nutrition or fitness or is it just thrown out there nah so like the goal out of physical therapy and just the goal out of all the doctors was just get me up and walking right yeah. that that's the basic one that they all wanted um so as far as food goes no one ever gave me any guidelines or anything like that but you know we're all taught fruits vegetables yeah you know meats everyone knows what a the yeah. food pyramid looks like so i just stuck to that as far as like the physical aspect goes they just kept going they just kept saying go to physical therapy but for me because it was something that to me, it mattered to me. Like it, this is my life. Yes. So at that point I went and started getting like a bunch of education done for me. Yeah. I started learning about, uh, biomechanics, yeah. kinesiology, yeah. things like that. I started doing my own studying, started getting my own certifications, just figuring out how like the human body works. And then from that I worked not, and I would go to physical therapy and I wouldn't tell them. And I'm, I'm real sorry for the physical mm -hmm. therapist that I've had, but I went, supplement. Yeah. I bet. Oh man, did I ever supplement? I bet. So I don't think supplements the word. Yeah, like yeah. I would do a lot of range of mobility <laughs> work. Yeah. I would do a lot of correcting my physical like strength imbalances, things like that. Uh, correcting my posture, going on walks, getting my uh, cardiac endurance and output back up, trying to get like a baseline of strength back up. I wasn't worried about going back to 175, 180. I wasn't worried about being number one in any specific sport. I was worried about when I have grandkids, what is that going to look like? Am right. I going to be able to play with them? Am I going to be able to walk? Right. Right. And I'll tell you now, like I still have a lot of chronic pain, yeah. but I wake up now four. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. And that's a lot better than being at a seven. Cause you could have stayed at that. You could still be at a seven, bro. No, absolutely. Like it, taking the time to just improve my life, whether that be an hour a day, two hours a day, four days a week, five days a week, seven days a week, whatever it is, it has paid me back in dividends as far as me being able to, cause I was getting kicked out of my job. Yeah. Right. But 
uh, because of the work that I put in, all my extracurricular activities, things like that, um, being able to go back to jujitsu, being able to work on mobility, getting up and lifting, things like that, I was able to stay. Yeah. And it blew everyone's mind away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I defied the doctors. I defied uh, everyone who told me to take it easy. And I even defied myself and my expectations. Yeah. I never thought to this day, right, that I was going to do that and then go squat 425 and i'll tell you now i'm not even done yeah right oh 100 because like now um yeah i went and got some certifications like you know personal trainer group trainer yeah. going for tactical strength and conditioning going for other things right now and after learning all those things i'm just applying it yeah. not only that like you know i listen to jj i watch jeff i watch i watch everyone at the gym i listen to you um I listen to podcasts like yeah. out the wazoo like Matt winning, Dave yeah. Tate, Conjugate Strength, West Side. Um, I listen to Matt Frazier. I listen to being proactive. Yeah, right. And so let me ask you this: When you, so you're at 425 now at a squat, and I'm just gonna go back to just so people can can correlate that. numbers, yeah. right? Like you got somebody whose pelvis was shattered. Seven years later, they're doing 425 on a squat, right? So when you got done with that exercise or with that accident. And you started doing physical therapy i want people to know like hey it wasn't gung-ho you didn't have to do all of this to get where you're at now it's just like what you said all those little moves that you decided to do back then mentally and physically and emotionally those decisions that you did are now a hundredfold so back then if you decided no i'm not going to get up and do my physical therapy versus no i'm going to get up and do my physical therapy that compounds you so much better in the future seven years down the line because imagine if you didn't do that, right? Chosen to stay yeah. in bed and not do this and not do that and not progress anywhere and just do what the doctor, you know, like the yeah. bare minimum to. Well, so I mean, a lot of it is just small, meaningful changes as you go along, right? right? Water the garden where you can. Yeah. Don't worry about the entire garden. Just water it where you can. There you go. And over time, I have changed my entire lifestyle, and by changing that lifestyle, it's brought me to a place where I could be where I can now teach someone else to do yeah. it, right? I, as far as like my goals are from that accident, I'm good. Yeah. I know I'm gonna be able to play with my grandkids. I yeah. play with my kids now. Yeah. Um, you know, I still have to battle like some of the mental aspects of it, but what? Your physical, your mental, and your emotional health. Like those are all pillars that are holding up the same building, Yeah. right? And when I say physical health, I'm also talking about like your nutrition, how do you eat, how do you sleep, things yeah. like that. Like, are you dealing with stressors in your life? Are you dealing with necessary stressors in your life? Right. I've cut out a lot of people yeah. that just bring like bad vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only 24 hours in a day. We can't give it all to everybody, bro. You got to yeah. sleep, you got family, you got kids. You got to keep, you know, and that's why it's very key is that we, we find out these informations and share it because there's so much information out there that it makes it hard for people to tune in and figure out, oh, what works best for me, right? And you're just a perfect example that shows, hey, you literally, we literally have somebody here that started from ground zero, right? So like starting from ground zero, was there, looking back at it, because you were blank canvas, was there any one particular format or program or, or discipline that you would say is that, hey, this is what really helped me get to where I'm at now to be able to walk? Is there something... Was it just cardio-based stuff, or is it movement-based stuff, resistance-based stuff? 
What would, if, if you, I know it's hard because of all the different things that, that you, you have, have to do, do. Yeah. but if you had to pick one, looking back now, for the knowledge that you know now, because you did the research and you saw what you used to do before the accident, now you had the accident, you had to start fresh on fitness. If you had to say one thing, what would be your main piece of advice as far as somebody who maybe didn't get into an accident, but has not worked out and doesn't know where to begin? What would you, what would be that information as far as fitness wise for that person be? Go to a gym, talk to a certified trainer. There you go. Or contact Ryan. <laughs> that, and that's my advice to like just anyone who doesn't know how to start, right? Seek Watch a YouTube you video, need. things like that. Seek the help you need. Yeah. yeah. If you need it, seek the help. Yeah. Cause I have done all those modalities. I've done the Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. I've done CrossFit. I've done powerlifting. I've done, uh, functional fitness and things like that. Yeah. Like one training program and organization that like I learned most of it from was like University of Health Performance. Okay. Right? It was, um, and they're like down in, oh crap, I forgot. Arkansas, Alabama. One of those two. Starts yeah. with an A. I'm sorry, I'm just dumb. But <laughs> no, no, I just am. Blame right? the accident. But I'm, I'm telling you though, like, and it also worked on, it showed me how to use my mental, emotional, and physical I don't know, pillars. Yeah. And then really get it back up. If yeah. I had to do it all over again, I would yeah. just go straight there first. Really? Oh my God. I, so it's understanding. And yes. I think that's, that's a big key that a lot of people, especially in the nutrition and fitness side, don't touch base on. So like I completely understand, Hey, go, go get advice, go yeah. seek advice from somebody who has the, you know, has more information than you totally get it. I just really hope, but do research on that person yeah. too, right? Because yeah. I mean, we, we touch base on this all the time about influence, right? And, and who's really out there for the influence. And that's what I'm very big on is like, yes, yeah, seek out information and seek out proper advice, but, but make, make sure, sure it's, a, it's somebody who's giving you proper advice and not just an influencer. Because man, there's so much information going on out there that's just, it's just built to toot that coach's horn or built to just get whoever can come in and pay this money for this program. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's unfortunately what we see nowadays, right? Instead of going out there, I mean, you were forced to, you're laying on a bed. There's really not much you can do. Yeah. Right? I mean, so outside of just doing how to do this for myself so I can. Yeah. Well, it's not even just for myself, like my kids, man, right. you know, yeah. everyone, everyone says everyone loves their family, things like that. So what are you willing to do to get there? Right. Right. And, but we all know that. And like education, education is the biggest thing. Here's the thing with education influence. You kind of almost have to have both in really order to help someone. Yeah. Right. If you have, if you can educate someone, but you can't influence them, you didn't educate them. Yeah. And if you can influence someone, but you, but you don't even have the education or you can't like educate them, you didn't help them. Yeah. That's just kind of the bottom line with that. But you can also have education, but be a bad influencer. <laughs> no, and, no, and, and for sure. Right? But like then again, you did you really influence them to change their lifestyle? Yeah. Because it's not like you can't. There's no eight week program. There's no fancy diet. There's no hours in the day that you yeah. eat specifically. Yeah. That is gonna change your lifestyle. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I could lift. Yeah. But if I didn't do the other two things right. Yep. I'd, I'd still be back at square one. Like, yeah. I'd still be, be in hurting. a lot of pain. And yeah. yeah. Like, I'll tell you right now, I would never get to a point where I could manage it. Right now, my right arm's on fire. That's why I even lifted it up. Yeah. It, it hurts like hell. But I could still, like, still deal with it. Yeah. Right? 
Um, you know Maori, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Have you ever had any tattoos? No. No? We are tattoos. Larry's had tattoos, right? Yeah. Yeah. Larry's covered okay. in tattoos. <laughs> pain, pain scale, right? <laughs> pain scale. Yeah. What's your average tattoo pain scale? We can it depends on the this. artist. Okay. You know, so, for instance, this one was a cover-up, and this guy was leaning into it to cover up black ink with this yellow color. Oh, so you have to press I harder? almost tapped out. And this isn't even a sensitive spot. Yeah. Right. Versus up in the armpit, That'd right be... here, that hurt, and she was barely touching it. Ah. Uh... So, Back to the pain scale, like I'd consider that like a eight. Like I'm about to be like, hey, I'm good. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So to put it in perspective, Maui did my whole arm, under my armpit, everything. Yeah. I don't remember it because I was asleep. Wow. Yeah. No. Just <laughs> he keeps asking me like, you're a secret spy. You're just trained to love pain. Like, no, dude. I just it doesn't register with me. Yeah. Holy it's just you, hard you, to. You entered a superhuman program. Yeah. Like Captain yeah. Like if he hit an area that, you know, is not always in pain, it'd probably be a different story. But, but this is always on fire, so it's just yeah. yeah. And at that, like with most people, with most people, and it would be reasonable that they would say, Well, I can't work out because it always hurts, things like that. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. You have two different mindsets. Yep. You you can go at it. You, you can you can go through the pain. Yeah. Right? For a benefit in the end that maybe you'll be in less pain. Yeah. Or you could just go ahead and stay in the pain stay that you're pain at now. Time. And know that you're going to be staying in that pain. Yeah. yeah. And like, what have you done to help yourself? Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. That's why the mental aspect is a very big development point, right? Like I tell people all the time is that even with nutrition, it's not just the ability to go out to the store and buy it or the ability to know what I need to do and how much to, to prep it. But it's the mental discipline to stick with it, yeah. right? That's the biggest thing because we've always talked about it. Everything is easy. It's all easy. We All the plans are there. The roads are established. They're paved. There's everything is easy. It just depends on who's willing to do it. You can w eat this 